Baker Mayfield, undraftable, off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. Welcome into the OBR Film Breakdown. I'm your host, Jake Burns. Joining you after a couple days off. I can do the bye week like the Browns did. Uh, hopefully haven't lost too many of you here. Try to get a new episode out. Uh, looking ahead at his, uh, you know, the biggest week of the Browns season. Feels like we've said this several times. But as the AFC North keeps sort of beating itself, it's left the, the door open here for the Browns to the point that if they have two good weeks... They could be sitting atop the division or close to it. So everything's still in front of them coming out of the bye week, and that was a huge point from Kevin Stefanski and his time spent with the media today was just how much is right in front of the team still, despite all the frustration that has led them to 6-6. Six and six, That's really what I'm trying to focus on today is the positive of this whole situation that despite a lot of the disappointment we've seen, they have a chance to get this thing back on track quickly. That's what the division has allowed them to do by everybody hovering right around 500. So they obviously host the Ravens. Huge game. Uh, we know all of the things that are going to be going into this ahead of time. We will talk with Ravens guests this week. We will still do our normal preparation. Um, but we won't, since the bye week is so late, I won't do any midseason reviews. Kind of keep those for just a month from now when we do the postseason review. Didn't feel like it was really applicable because it's really not halfway through the year. It's three quarters of the way through the year. So we'll just, like I said, plug on and then cover all of that at the end of the year. But good news today, Jacob Phillips comes back from the IR. Uh, is We'll see if he's actually activated. Still think they might be a week or two away from that. But it's exciting to potentially get that type of player back to the Browns defense, which is getting really healthy at the perfect time. And is you know one thing I'm hugely excited about is how well they're going to be able to play Baltimore this second time so that is the focal point is how well they can replicate that game plan other things of note Charlie Hewlett coming back from COVID list uh, they they will need to get him back obviously as these their their primary long snapper that is a thing to pay attention to as Mac Wilson is the noted backup uh, in that role and and Brad Steinbrook posted some video of him doing fine with it but still you know you're you're trying to overcome somebody being that important at their job, being on the COVID list, you have to hope it can work out and he can be back in time, but I'm not sure we'll see him back in time. Otherwise, any other player notes that uh, of note here is that they did not put Harrison Bryant on the IR uh, just yet. He's dealing with that high ankle sprain. We'll see if he actually does go to the IR, but something to note is how the Browns will differentiate their 12 personnel uh, to sort of uptick away because of the 13 personnel limitations with, uh, you know, obviously you don't Steven Carlson. You haven't had him all year. Harrison Bryant, so that will be something to pay attention to. Real quick now, though, I want to get over to our guest, which is in-house Browns media voice, Nathan Zagura. Nathan does a great job, and, you know, he's known to have a positive spin, so I wanted to bring him on this show ahead of the game after the bye week. Let's get over to that interview with Nathan right now. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, lucky enough to have Nathan Zagura give us some of his time today. Nathan, how are you? I'm doing well. Great to be with you. Good. I'm I'm happy you're here. I think you're the right person to talk to. I need I need somebody to reel me back in, Nathan. That's what I think you can do. I I will say I kind of always say life's about expectations and how you react to certain things in your life, right? You expect something to happen, it doesn't happen in a certain way. And then from there, issues can arise that are sometimes unfixable, or you can have the people that lead you back on the right path. I would say a lot of the frustration around certain people, quarterback, head coach, play caller, uh, defense in certain times of the year have been tied into people thought this was going to be a, you know, what, what do you want to call it right now? A nine and three team or something like that, you know, something of that nature. They haven't done it. Is the is the is the frustration not just in the fan base? Is it inside the building too? And do you think they have the right people to get back on path with what is still an open door in this division? Yeah, well, first of all, you know, here you are at six and six, right? And that is disappointing. I think that everybody, you know, you heard Andrew Barry say it last week. Of course, that's not where they expected to be or wanted to be. And I think when you look at the talent of this roster, it's not necessarily where they should be, but here we are at six and six. And as you mentioned, it's all still out there for this Cleveland Browns team. So I don't think anybody's focused on, Oh, this, that it's okay. We've got five games left three in our division. We've got four in our conference. And if we take care of business in our division and in our conference, we likely will get an opportunity to play in the postseason. I don't know how anybody watching the NFL this year, especially the AFC could say that, look, any team that makes it in the playoffs doesn't have a chance to represent the AFC you'd have to say, of course they do, because it's wide open. And so for the Browns, it's all still right there. You asked me if I have confidence in the people in in charge. Of course I do. I have the utmost confidence in Andrew Barry. I have the utmost confidence in Kevin Stefanski and in Alex Van Pelt and Joe Woods and, you know, Jeff Howard and Chad O'Shea and Bill Callahan and Drew Petzing and Stump. And on the defensive side, you know, at the line, Chris Kiffin and the linebackers, Coach Tarver. Uh, I have the utmost confidence, Mike Prefer and special teams, that the Browns have a great coaching staff. And they've got the right people in place and they've got the talent to execute on their plan. They just haven't done it. And I think the part of it that's tough is that had the offense continued where it was a year ago, you know, this is an eight and four, nine and three team, but it hasn't. I mean, you just take the last six games, for example, if the Browns score 17 points, not a point more, not a point less, 17 exactly in each of their last six games, 
They're five and one in those games, and you're sitting at eight and four. You're in first place in the AFC North. You are three and zero oh in your division, and you right now are in the catbird seat. And unfortunately for the Browns, that offense has not been able to produce at the level that they have needed the offense to produce. You know, of late, you know, early in the season in their big games, the defense wasn't quite there. But this D is playing good football uh, of late, with the exception of the New England game where nothing went right for the Cleveland Browns. But yeah, I have. Total, total faith in the people in place. And now it's about coming out and executing and taking care of your business. Well, there's two questions that come with the offense. I think I think you answered a little bit of it, but it's it's how it got here and how does it get fixed. I think the how it got here probably points at some of the mental mistakes that we've seen, uh, that we've seen the penalties uptick, all of that, and some of the things we also need to talk about are the quarterback. So Baker, we'll start with Baker. He's not playing that well. I don't think anybody, and I think Baker, if you sat him down, he'd say the same thing, not playing that well, need to play better. They've been echoing it. Is is it, I guess it's it's going to be hard. There's no doubt in my mind it's going to be hard to see him be the guy he's been in the past. I guess what I'm looking for, Nathan, is how the vibe you get is is it that he is is really 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 laboring to overcome this, or do you think he still has the ability in the five weeks left to get adjusted to all of the ailments and figure this thing out to be respectable? Because that's what they need to get this thing into the playoffs is for him to become some of what he was at the end of last year, right? Yeah, I mean, I think if you listen to Andrew Barry, and I think if you listen to Kevin Stefanski today. You know, uh, the injuries aren't the issue for Baker Mayfield. Uh, Baker Mayfield is healthy enough to go out there and play. You look at, he didn't carry in his injury designation into either of the last two games. You know, he certainly was banged up going into Cincinnati and played a good game there. So I don't think the injury has been the issue for Baker. I don't think the organization believes that the injury is an excuse uh, at all. And as far as the final five games go, look, time is going to tell. It's all right there for him. If Baker Mayfield can come and kind of regain that form, see the field, deliver the football on time and accurately, get this team into the end zone, we're going to win a lot of games. And Baker Mayfield has proven that he can do that. You know, last year, over the second half of the season, when he had the 20 touchdowns, two interceptions, he was one of the top, you know, drop-back quarterbacks in the league. It wasn't just about play action. It wasn't just about boots. So the talent is there to do it. Now it comes down to the execution. For the Cleveland Browns, that is the word, execution. Not, no dumb penalties, not getting behind the sticks. Execution, running the right routes execution, catching the football when it's thrown to you. And from the quarterback, making the right read, assessing the defense properly, the line protecting, and then delivering the ball. If the Browns do that, there's no reason why they can't put points on the board. Teams are begging, daring the Cleveland Browns to throw the football. You've seen it. Five-man front, eight, nine in the box, saying throw the football, please. And the Browns have not been able to do that consistently enough. And some of that, is, it, it takes everybody, though. It's not just Baker, but that part of the game must be executed at a higher level. And I believe everything will be done to put the players in position to succeed. And quite frankly, when you put the tape on, and I've said this many times on Browns Daily, there are plenty of plays to be made out on the field that for one reason or another are not being made. And this is the time to make sure you capitalize on all of those chances. And whether that means the protection's got to be a little bit better, whether that means the routes have to be a little bit crisper, whether that means the catches have to be better if the ball's in the area, or if it means that, you know, Baker Mayfield needs to deliver the football on time accurately and in the right location, all of that has to come together. And if you do and get this passing attack back on track, we're going to be scoring in the mid-20s, the low 30s, and we're going to be winning week in and week out. I think the follow-up to that has been, 
plenty of things there you said I agree with. I mean, I've written about it. The follow-up to it is the play-calling situation. And if you want to, if you're a person who believes, I know the answer to this question, but I love to hear your perspective too. If you're a person who believes a head coach uh, who has seen the side of things with disciplined football slip away. Now, again, they're not coaching them to line up in illegal formations. They're not coaching them to push a guy 10 yards downfield in the back. They're not doing those things, but those things are happening. The data does tell you penalties are up this year. Um, and some of the other things, maybe Nathan, what was the 12 men on the field, the, the, the weird stuff that was happening with too many men on the field calling timeouts is, is it, and I, again, there's no wrong answer here because there's folks who are saying, you know, that Alex Van Pelt should have the opportunity to call plays. And maybe that makes Kevin Stefanski freed up to do a lot of other things. He can, he can help with the defense more, which he has a defense background. He played it in college, all of that. He's a smart guy that can help him uh, manage the game better or, is that nonsense? And he should still be doing what he was brought here to do in the first place. Like, I'm just genuinely curious what your feeling is, is if Kevin should be, Kevin should be the guy calling plays or if they need to, because Alex Van Pelt, who we saw him in the wild card game, had a nice game calling plays, or if he's plenty capable and maybe they should entertain the idea of him getting an opportunity because he could serve that spot well too. All right. So I'm like, well, he's, this for whatever reason, I don't know why, but this one drives me nuts. Kevin Stefanski is a great play caller, and I would urge anybody who thinks otherwise, even in this 2021 season, put the tape on. And then you tell me if you think that we should be scoring as many points per game as we're currently scoring. I'll start with that. Number two, this is a fully collaborative process. It's not like Kevin Stefanski is out there on an island. I'm out there. I'm on the sidelines. I observe it. He's constantly in communication with Alex Van Pelt and Bill Callahan, by the way, both of whom have called plays in the NFL, not to mention Chad O'Shea, who's a part of the game plan formulation. He also has called plays in the NFL. So you have four former play callers on the staff. It is collaborative. That's the word you hear when you talk to AVP, when you talk to Van Pelt, uh, when you talk to Callahan, when you talk to Chad O'Shea. They're working together all week to formulate the game plan. This isn't Kevin Stefanski's singular game plan. It's all of them. And on game day, he is in communication with the run game, especially with Bill Callahan, the pass game with Alex Van Pelt. And they're putting it together in real time. I observe this. So I believe that you're getting a collaboration. And if you think that, you know, Alex Van Pelt did not have a great week of preparation with Kevin Stefanski that week in Pittsburgh, then you would be mistaken. I interviewed him after that game. He told me how they had kind of walked through it, the things that they had scripted together, the things they wanted to accomplish. And so is he capable? Of course. But Kevin Stefanski is not overwhelmed. Kevin Stefanski is doing his job, and I think he's still doing it at a high level. And I think that from an analytics standpoint, his, his clock management, the fourth down, things like that, he's done an excellent job on as well. It comes down to execution. And people want to blame, I think, this is my opinion, Kevin Stefanski's play calling, I, I think that that is misguided. I think it's off base. But again, you're just asking me. I think he is more than capable of doing it. I want him to keep doing it. And just know that people are clamoring for Alex Van Pelt to do it. Alex Van Pelt is hugely involved in what we do as an offense. I mean, you watch them and you watch the running game. You would know immediately Bill Callahan is hugely influential in what we do in this offense. So I think to me, people who are asking that question are missing the point of what this staff is, how they work together. And also the capabilities of Kevin Stefanski, I think they're putting passing blame from one area to another when just put the tape on. That's what I tell people. When you watch the tape and break it down, you will come to certain conclusions about what has been ailing this offense. 
and, and the lack of execution from a variety of places. Every play takes 11 people. And yes, could play calls be better at times? Of course, every play caller would say that. But I think overall, the notion that that is what is holding our offense back is wrong. I couldn't agree more. I've been trying to say it. I, I, I think your point about the collaborative nature of this whole thing from top to bottom, I mean, in every role this franchise yeah. has, is very true. And AVP is very involved. And it's not to say he's not a good coach and that if Kevin wanted to give him that role, he couldn't fulfill it. It's just it's just like th- there's this alienation, like separating these guys, like they're off on their own island. And maybe that's because of like the old HBO stuff we saw with with Hugh and Todd Haley and like the separation. I don't know, but that's not how it goes anymore. It is it is nope. the right people in place in terms of handling the back and forth and working collaboratively. If you listen to even I think the Paramount NFL behind the NFL talked about or had Kevin on and he's on the headset saying, what do you like here? What do you want me to run here? There's that stuff all the time with all, all of them. them. And yeah, you can't just isolate one person and say that they're not doing that. It's a group. So I'm glad you said it that way because it's, it's spot on. Let's talk defense real quick where we've seen some exciting things take shape over the last few weeks. I think you got to talk about JOK. Jacob Phillips back too, Nathan. If you could hit on on why that's a nice addition. And then talk about JOK, who I wrote about, who my expectations were high. We talked about it in the preseason, you and I. They're even higher now for what I think the ceiling is for that young man. Also, Grant Delpit getting on the right track too. Some exciting young guys to go with the veterans. Yeah, and you just saw, I think, what stood out from that Ravens game was just the difference in our speed compared to the last time we faced that Ravens team. The speed on our defense, and you mentioned JOK, even Anthony Walker. You talk on the back end, you know, Greg Newsom with Denzel. Greedy was out there. You had the three safeties, Ronnie Harrison. You had Grant Delpit, John Johnson. Remember, Ronnie, Grant, John Johnson, all three had interceptions. JOK, the four of those guys together, Greg Newsom as well, that five. You brought in Clowney. He had speed. The guy's a game wrecker. I don't care if he doesn't have the quote-unquote double-digit sacks. He absolutely wrecks games and has been a very good player for the Browns. Those guys had never played against Lamar Jackson. And when you think about the drafting of JOK, you think about the signing of John Johnson, you think about the drafting of Delta, the trade for Ronnie, which was facilitated by that Delta injury, a lot of it was done to deal with teams like the Ravens. Them specifically, but the Chiefs and these teams with speed who can stress you vertically and horizontally. And I thought that that jumped off the page. And I said on Browns Daily after that game, I said, look, Miles Garrett, we know Miles Garrett, right? But if you could buy stock in any Browns player right now who is going to then at some point be considered to be the elite at his position in the National Football League, I believe it's Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa. I mean, his ability to shed blocks against big offensive linemen is incredible to me. His sideline to sideline speed, his ability to be at full speed, break down and stay in control to still make tackles. I think is special. I think he's a very, very gifted player. And you say, again, this defense now is coming into its own. And I love when we put now Greg Newsom in the nickel from time to time, his ability to mirror in man coverage and then tackle on those crossers with all that traffic is incredible to me. I really like what Joe Woods is doing. He's playing more aggressively now that he's got his horses. And we really haven't been healthy on defense as much as people would like, or certainly as they may have thought. And I think that had, a whole lot to do is go back to that Chargers game. We were down to like our fifth and sixth cornerback in that one. Cause at one point, AJ Green leaves that game. Greedy leaves the game. Denzel's not playing this one. Greg was out that week. And so now that you're healthy on the back end, that has really allowed the front end to generate that pressure. And you're having that kind of harmonious work between the coverage and the pass rush. And then a getting his double digit tackles a game. Owusu Koromo is flying all over. 
And you mentioned Jacob Phillips. He's the guy that they drafted because of two things, speed and length. And so you're going to add another long, fast linebacker into the mix. And, you know, I'm trying to think of what the natural role for him is because Malcolm Smith has played well kind of in that coverage situation. Uh, My guess is that's what it would be just to get another athlete on the field. Um, But right now the Browns defense honestly feels pretty complete and pretty good to me. Uh, And it it starts with the, the speed, the speed and the ability to cover and to cover up mistakes and to make everything right. Yeah, we we talked about the offense to I mean the thing the parallel here is you you're talking about the 4th 5th 6th corner the Browns had to use in against the Chargers. Well, it looks like the Ravens are going to have, you know, we saw today um, you know, Marlon Humphrey's out for the Peck torn Peck. They're they're up against it. And and you never root for injuries, but it is the situation is a situation. No one ever feels sorry for another team and you have them nope. coming up again. So the Browns need a get-right game offensively. I think this has a chance to be that, coming off the bye, finally getting that bye. Um, and then the Ravens, too, the offense is, is is certainly not hitting on all cylinders over there. How good do you feel? Or bad? It's okay. You know, the Ravens know that their back's a little more against the wall than it was last week with that loss to Pittsburgh. This game coming up, how do you feel about it? Do you think the Browns can repeat that strong defensive performance? Um, and then do you really believe that they have a chance to get back on track offensively here and, and, and sort of get people to feel a little better about this offense? Of course, I believe the matchup is great. You're talking about a team that's without it's both of its starting corners. It's without its starting free safety. Other defensive backs are banged up. So yeah, it is a get right game for a passing step. They don't have a dominant pass rusher. They don't have a TJ Watt or a Miles Garrett. So you should have time to throw. You should have matchups that favor you, and you've got to get – you've got to. I mean, you don't have a choice anymore. So, it's, it's, to me, this is exactly the type of game that you can use to kickstart this offense, build a little confidence, maybe like the Tennessee game a year ago, and, and that one kind of gets this offense really rolling. And so that's what I'm hoping for. That's what I believe we need to see. And I think a big part of that is going to be getting David Njoku involved more. I mean, you look at what he's doing from a yards per catch uh, standpoint, career high, yards per target, career high, catch rate, career high, yards per route run, career high, one of the most efficient tight ends in the league. And I think he's our true mismatch guy. And so I I hope that, you know, he's somebody we take advantage of uh, down the stretch. I'd like to see him go from 3.6 targets a game to about eight and and see what he can do. So I, I feel like, yeah, this is a massive game for us offensively. And frankly, if we play the way we're capable of playing, this game shouldn't be close, but the Browns have not earned the right to just roll their helmets out there and say, we're going to win. We lost the game to the Steelers in which they scored 15. We lost the game to the Ravens in which they scored 16 with four interceptions from Lamar Jackson. So it's there. I want to see it. I believe that we will see it, but I got to see it. And everybody's got to see it. I think everybody in the building wants to see it. Every fan wants to see it because that's the key. We need to play complimentary football. We need the offense to be clicking with this defense. And then we have a chance to be that team that gets hot in December and goes into this playoffs with some momentum in what is a wide open year. But it has to start this Sunday at First Energy Stadium against the Ravens. Huge game, huge game. Hopefully everybody got away, got home, spent some time where they needed to to feel like they're in a good place. You hope that everything can come together. We all know the post-buy miracle run. That this is a miracle run, just a great run they went on last year. So you hope that same effect can happen. Nathan Zagura, you're the man. I appreciate your time so, so much. My pleasure, man. Great talking with you, and let's go Browns. That's a wrap on today's episode. Plenty of positivity for you heading into this vital week. Everything the Browns want is right in front of them.
It's really crazy to think about how much better we will feel Sunday if they get a huge win, go to 7-6, and six, still have the Steelers, still have the Bengals on the schedule, and a chance to really, really change the course of this season, which I know, again, 6-6 six and six has been so frustrating to this point, but they have, <laughs> it's amazing to say that after four weeks remains here, five weeks, I'm sorry, they have an opportunity to still get this thing right and still have a chance to go to the playoffs and, and, and really win the division. So I wanted to try to harp on that positivity coming out of the bye. I know the Browns are focusing on that. They feel recharged. They're ready to go. Hopefully they can bring some really, really good moments to close this season, balance that out, push into the playoffs, and then you never, ever know what could happen when you get to the playoffs. So fun stuff. Hopefully you enjoyed today's podcast. I'll have another fun one for you guys tomorrow with a nice guest. So check that out. Appreciate your guys' time as usual. And appreciate Nathan Zagura's time. Shout out to him for joining us. Like I said, another fun one tomorrow for you guys. Thanks for joining the OBR, supporting it, the Twitch, the website, and this podcast means the world to me. Appreciate you all. Have a great Tuesday and go Browns. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.